You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. Before we hop into today's episode, I wanted to tell you guys about something cool I found out about that Smiler Saver retainer case that I told you about that hooks to the back of your phone. They've started a brand ambassador program. So if you want to check it out, uh, go to their website and see how you can uh, jump on the bandwagon. Now on to the show. So today's episode, we're going to flip the tables a little bit. And instead of my guest coming up with a top five, I'm going to come up with my top five questions and I'm going to put my guest in the hot seat because why not? So this week, we are going to talk about the top five marketing questions and who better to ask marketing questions to than Manal Sampat. So Manal, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you. So if you guys don't know Manal, and if you don't, where are you? Anyway, Manal is a dental hygienist and a crazy marketing specialist. So she's even done an entire awesome Tale of Two Hygienists podcast with Michelle Strange. You should totally go back and listen to that because she tells some really good stories. One about trick-or-treat candy that I think I will never forget in my entire life. <laughs> like, seriously, that story is etched in my brain. <laughs> Uh, and it makes me feel better when I screw up because Manal made a big screw up. And you know what? It wasn't that bad. I, Everything worked out Yeah. Fine. You know, I always tell people about this, especially when they ask me, hey, so, you know, how did you get started in marketing? I'm like, that's that's how I got started in, in marketing. And I, today people pay me money to speak and do marketing. Who knew? Who knew? But who knew? Who knew? You have to tell the story really fast. Just tell us a quick version of it because now we've now we've teased it out. All right. It's okay. So the very quick version. And I uh, because you brought it up, I'm assuming that it's okay for us to use a curse word in here. Okay. It is. It is. Okay. So everybody who's watching this, pretty much you know how we do trick or treating. So I was sending out my first big girl job in the marketing world. I send out a newsletter for buyback candy to seven thousand moms of a pediatric dental practice. And usually, what we did was. Um, have the candy come in, and then we will take the candy, we'll ship it to the troops, along with toothbrushes and toothpaste and all that good stuff. Well, I sent out a newsletter, and it went out to all these moms, and it said, don't worry, we will shit toothbrushes along with the candy to the troops instead of ship toothbrushes along with the candy to the troops. So you can only imagine um, the reaction to that. Uh, the good thing is that all the moms, majority of them thought it was hilarious. And we were getting emails at this dental practice asking, how do I invest in shitting toothbrushes? And what do I do? And luckily, the place I worked for, they had a very good sense of humor and we controlled the entire damage. And like I said, here I am today. So that's a very quick version of the story. But yes, about, if you want to know about shitting toothbrushes, apparently Manal Sampat is the girl to go to. Hey, it's important to be an expert in something. So it's good to know you're an expert in that. But I love, but I really love the the premise of the story, which is, which is, you know, the lesson from the story, I guess, is that, you know, we can screw up big and then, oh my gosh, you can still be successful. That is not the end of your story. That was just a really funny, awesome story now to be able to tell. You know, and I, and I think about it this way. If you don't have the screw ups, you don't have any good stories. 
Right. Because, like, you know, we all like to laugh. We all like to laugh. And, like, who wants to hear all the stories of only success? Of, like, you know, because let's face it, that's just not reality. And that's not being human. We are going to make mistakes. Uh, so allow yourself. I mean, clearly, you're going to control the mistakes you make. I don't, I'm not preaching bad behavior here. Control the mistakes right. you can. But if mistakes do happen, then understand that there are ways you can resolve it. You know, so like, for example, for that email, we sent out another email to all those 7,000 moms. And we said, we apologize for the typo in our previous email. Sometimes our team members go above and beyond the call of duty. And then... Duty. <laughs> duty. <laughs> duty. And the newsletter open rate went up by 16%. And this is this was over a decade ago. And that practice still gets emails till today when there's, it's November again for Bye Bye Candy. They're like, are you guys going to make a typo again? Are you guys like, we're looking forward to the typo. Are you making the typo again? So this is, uh, you know, it, it's become a thing, like I said, and there are ways for you to control the situation. It's not about what went wrong. It's always about how you react to something that went wrong. And that's the, that's the biggest lesson that I have heard because things will go wrong. So, but you are in complete Absolutely. control of the reaction. So you decide how you want to react to it. Right. And, 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 you know, if everything's always going right for you, you're not trying very hard. I'm just saying you're not pushing the envelope. Exactly. 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 Well, I think as hygienists, we can all relate to everything going wrong some days. So, well, let's get into our topic. So what I want to know from you, Manal, I have my top five marketing questions because marketing is one of those things um, as a clinical hygienist, you know, I, I don't, I don't worry about, I, I, patients pop in the chair, they show up in the chair, but you know what? A lot of offices right now are going through kind of, I think I heard somebody call it Swiss cheese schedule, but there we're, there's a lot of holes where we've never had holes before. And so maybe now is a great time for hygienists, anybody in the office to really start thinking about how can I be part of marketing and, and what can I do to help those holes um, not be holes and, and be filled up? So my first question to you is, why as a dental hygienist, you know, I'm, I'm in the back, I'm seeing patients, why do I care about marketing? What do I care? Well, I mean, you care about it for three, three different reasons. The first reason you care about is clearly you need patients. You know, that is just, I mean, that's common sense, right? If you don't have patients to serve, then they don't need you. So the first thing is you need patients. The second thing is when it comes to marketing, what I have realized in my career is usually practices don't hire to work with me just because I'm a marketing person. They hire to work with me because I'm a hygienist who is a marketer. And because of that, I understand client and customer communication. I understand patient communication, right? So I know what the patients would want. I understand the systems. I understand the clinical perspective of things instead of putting that same photo of those misaligned teeth, which we have all seen, that smile, that zoomed-in smile of that woman. It's only her, like, half her face showing, and her teeth are misaligned. And you're talking, you're marketing this for a dental practice, and you're, and as a hygienist, I'm like, why, 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 yeah, what? Not. What are you doing here, right? So the second thing is, if hygienists want to look into this, and any clinical care pro provider, really, assistants, hygienists, doctors, you make the best marketers because you understand the patients and you understand what you're providing them. And then the third thing, and I think this is the most important thing when it comes to us selfishly, us hygienists selfishly. Let me start with this. I have never been fired in my life, even after the shitting toothbrushes fiasco. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was not fired. Now, that could be luck. That could be um, situation. But really what I think about a lot of these things is it's because you 
you become so valuable to a business that they don't want to lose you. So having another straw in the hat, having another skill set makes you irreplaceable. So when you have that opening for that one hour and your patient didn't show up, instead of them saying, you get no money, go take a long lunch, you can say, hey, great, I have to work on this marketing project that I'm going to be doing. So I'm going to go ahead and do that instead. So absolutely, you're making yourself valuable as a employee and you're adding a skill set at the same time. Um, and to me, those three reasons alone, you know, you should have multiple income streams if possible. As we all realize in 2020, um, Mother Nature can stop everything going right. in in this right. world. And that's, so. you know, and that's a good point that you make is a lot of hygienists, a lot of assistants are, are out there, you know, with their side gig. You know, and so and so understanding how to market their side gig per se. Like recently came across a product called Smiler Saver, which is this magnetic case that you put on the back of your phone for and it holds your aligners, like your clear aligners if you're an Invisalign. And they have an entire ambassador program that you can make money each time somebody uses your referral code. Like what a great way for me to make some money some passive income. But if I'm good at marketing, I can make even more. Exactly. So side gigs, any kind of hustle, you just kind of have to know, again, how you want to level up. And uh, and that's really what's needed. And marketing is an easy thing to learn. It, it really yeah. is. It really is. So, Well, I'm sure with your help, without a doubt. <laughs> well, that's number two. So what can a dental hygienist do in marketing? How? Oh, what does that mean? What, what so, can I do? So there is so much you can do. The first thing that I would start with is I would, I would figure out what you actually like doing. So, for example, let's say you're somebody who's super creative and you love to make baskets. You know, you're one of those people that like all the lunches and all the bridal showers, they like, they call you and be like, can you make the baskets? Can you do this? Can you do that? Like, we love your creativity. Use that in your marketing. You know, start using that creativity and start making baskets for the practice. Start making it as a side hustle if you want to as well. Um, let's say that you are really passionate about um, events. Start doing events. Let's say that you are really passionate about social media. Learn social media and start providing it as a service. Whatever you are passionate about, I guarantee you, I haven't come across anybody. And, and I only work with practices if they have a team member inside their practice who I can train and coach for marketing. So I don't even work with anybody unless they have somebody inside their practice. And I can tell you that in all my experience for over a decade, I haven't had one team member not be able to use their strength to make marketing work because marketing is so huge. You could do anything you want. I mean, maybe you just have a very outgoing personality. You become the ambassador, a new patient ambassador, right? So there are so many things that you can do. It comes down to your strength and what you enjoy doing. So this way you actually enjoy it. And it's not another thing you have to do. So if you enjoy right. it, then you can learn about it and you can do it. And like I said, the uh, so options are just crazy amounts. Start with what you love and then just find the marketing area or advertising area in it and just do it. So, so that brings me to question number three. How do I know what is good content and what is not good content? What, is, what does that look like? What's useful? Good content is really, it's really important to have that. It means it has to connect with people. So what, what I see a lot of times is people just going out there and just promoting. So let's say that you do have a side hustle of some sort, right? Um, they will come on and they will just put a photo of the side hustle and say, here, this is what it is. Well, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. That's what it is. Scroll on, scroll, scroll on, on, scroll on. on. <laughs> but instead, instead, if you were to put something about, let's say a story and you say, okay, 
So I was having this X, Y, and Z issues with my aligners. This is what the issue was. I always forgot them. I always lost them. Uh, you know, I had patients coming in all the time asking for them and it became this big issue. So by the way, here's this product. Like, this is really awesome that I can just put to my phone and now I don't lose my aligners. And it's like, my patients don't lose it. And guys, just check it out. See what it is. If you're in the same boat as me, check it out, right? Now that's a whole different thing when you put a story and a relatable connection to it. So the content that converts has to connect. And that makes perfect sense. So before you share anything, before you even share anything in real life or in social media, wherever you want, kind of take a step back and say, is what I'm sharing, am I sharing it with intention? Is it going to connect? And then if, you, if it is, then share it. If it's not, then rework it so that it will connect. That makes a lot of sense. Well, so it, can, can you share too much though, Manal? Absolutely. Um, 100%. 100%. I think, I think we all know that person that shares too much, right? We all know that yeah. person that shares too much. And there are two different kinds of sharing too much. The first sharing too much is just being annoying. Like, you can't, you can't go a day without seeing there's something from their life. Like, you know, it's, whether it, it's like they're posting way too much. Um, there is something called, you have to be far away to be missed. Like you need to be at least gone for a little bit so people can miss you. Give the give an opportunity for people to miss you because if you're there constantly, then it's it ugh, right. That's yeah. not going to happen. That's the first thing. The second thing is, and I'm just going to say it out loud, and I may sound like a biatch, but I'm just going to say it out loud. Um, it also depends on what you are sharing. There are times where I would look into a post and somebody is just flat out trashing their employer or they're trashing out a patient, or they are trashing out, or they're talking about something super personal, TMI, you know, information. Things you put online stay online, and people see them as well. So when I, I'll give you a perfect example. I hired two team members on my own team in January. Now, the way this works is I usually get recommendations, or people apply, I get resumes. Before they get a phone call with me, I check out their resume and then I look them up online. And when I look them up online, like I'll give you an example. I had this one person that I was really seriously, like the resume was on point, loved it. Everything I wanted was there. And then I went on and I looked them up and I realized that they love to trash people, just love to trash people. Like they were just throwing people under the bus. They were just talking about everything. Do you think I hired that person? No No way. And you think about it, I mean, patients could go on to, I mean, patients could see that about you if, you know, if you don't have things locked down the right way or whatever. And yeah, that, that's a, that could be a problem. It's a big problem. It's a big problem as to who you are as an individual. It's a big problem as to um, what you are sharing online as well. And I'm not saying don't share things. Again, share things with intention. If you clearly have, if you clearly need some help or if you want some advice or you want to just get kind of a group feedback. That's totally fine. What I'm saying is that going out there flat out and talking shit about people or employers or your work or your patients, easily trackable, easily trackable. And it will stay there forever. And it will also show others who you are. And even if you are like, I'm going to put this up online, nobody's going to see it. No, there is such a thing called silent stalking online. We all do it. uh, And we all make judgments on how you post. So um, definitely don't. I'll give you my own example. I, uh, if you go onto my Facebook page, I clearly I do social media and I am active on social media. But 
you won't find a photo of my husband. You will hardly find any photos of my anything personal life. I don't share about my house. I don't share about my cars. I don't share about my husband. I don't share about my my parents. I share once in a while just to give them a little high five, but you won't see. You have no idea what my personal life is because my personal life is personal to me. Um, and that's not saying that don't share your personal life. That's totally fine too. But what I'm saying is that you could the, the issue that I get is so, so many times people will come to me and say, hey, so in order for my social media to work, I have to share things personally. Yes, you share things personally that are based on your content. They're based about your work, that are based about your life and your stories. Like I shared about shitting toothbrushes. Right. Right. I shared about it. But did I share what practice it is? Did I share where it was? Did I share anything? No, because that's not the right thing to do. Right. So you, there is a balance between how you share and what you share. And for the people who don't feel comfortable sharing about their family, you don't have to share about their family. I don't share about my family at all. And I'm doing just fine, guys. So it's working well. It's, it's working, working well. well. My my office recently, we started a book club, and I was thinking that would make a great social media post for us all to have our book, and, and patients could see how we're learning together and we're reading That's together. That's a great right? way. That's a great way to do it. And now now your patients can interact with you too, right? And be like, hey, I read that book, and this is my favorite excerpt, or I did this, and da-da-da-da-da. So that can work out really well. Yeah. So nothing to do with teeth, but just something to kind of get to know us a little bit more mm-hmm. and what we do together. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Okay. So Number five. So you've given us some good information, one through four here, but, but how, how can we learn more? What if I do want to get better at this? What if I really want to dig in? Like what, how do I learn more about marketing without so, going back to school? I'm not going back to school. <laughs> so um, I actually just recently launched a online, like a marketing strategy school online called Marketologist. And in Marketologist, there, is, there are three audiences. There's dental practices, coaches, consultants, speakers, and then there is aspiring marketologists. Um, aspiring marketologists is anybody who wants to learn marketing, how to become a social media manager, how to become a marketing ambassador. And I will teach you what I know so that you could learn that skill. So if you just go to marketologist.com uh, and you find your audience, there is a syllabus there. I'm teaching live courses, recorded courses. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. But um, yeah, check it out. And if you want to check out who I am and what I do, you can just go to manalsampat.com and clearly connect with me on Facebook. That's where I am super active. Like, don't just like my business page. I'm not active there. Like, like friend me. <laughs> Send me a friend request. And because uh, I, I want to get to know you personally and engage with you. So yeah, I feel better. I'm me. not good with my business page either. Ooh, you make me feel so much better. Good. It's hard to keep up with all of this stuff. I would love to learn how to do it and be more efficient and effective with it. Well, let's review our top five questions. So number one was why dental hygienists should care about marketing. Hey, it can benefit you. Uh, Number two, what we can do in marketing. Number three, how do you know what's good content? Number four, can you share too much? The answer is yes, you can. And number five is how we can learn more. Well, Manal, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been a fantastic way to learn a little bit about marketing and how we can maybe use it to our own benefit and certainly for the benefit of our practice. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. And anybody who has questions, reach out. And she will answer you, I promise. So we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com and we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Your Dental Top 5. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 